So good to have you here today with us. December is our favorite month at Springs, and we always tell everyone, tell people to get out to church in December. Everybody is looking for Christmas spirit. Where do you go? What do you do? And uh, we love teaching from the Word, especially around Christmas time. Father, I pray right now that your presence would take your Word and that as we open our hearts and our minds, that, Father, you'll speak to each of us. Strengthen every person listening in this parking lot and around the world from country to country. Father, I pray that your word would bring strength and life. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to entitle my message, The Government Shall Be Upon His Shoulders. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6 to 7, is a powerful scripture that we use every Christmas. And I want to dive into this scripture and just open it up for you, because sometimes we read the Bible and we miss the stunning, phenomenal doctrines, principles that God is teaching us. Let me read it to you, two verses first. For unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. For the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. A kingdom is different than a democracy. I love living in a democracy. I love working. The church, by the way, has fallen behind in our duty to be a blessing, to support, to rise up. A lot of the church tends to just complain when the things affect them. But we are to be influencers, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We're to raise our children and every generation to be leaders in every sphere of society. But Jesus is not the king of a democracy. Jesus is the king of a kingdom. And on this planet from nation to nation, from government to government. There are different kinds of governments. And kingdoms are completely different. They have a king. And while you may be watching right now from South Africa, I know there are those watching from Australia and England and Scotland, wherever you are on this planet, there is a kingdom that transcends all nations, and it's called the kingdom of God. It's also called the kingdom of heaven. And when you read scripture, you'll find out that this Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, it might not be the actual date, and it's not, but when we celebrate anyway the birth of Jesus, from the birth of Jesus on for the next 33 years, this Jesus talked about the kingdom. And he would always talk about the kingdom is at hand. What's he talking about? He was going to die 
on the cross for you and I. He was going to pay for the sins of the world. And then any person that wanted to be a part of this kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, a powerful kingdom, only had to accept this wonderful gift of Jesus that we so often talk about at Christmas time. I want to break down these two verses for you, and I hope that they'll never, they'll never be the same for you, that they won't just be these two Christmas verses, but when you hear them, it'll put a tear in your eye. It'll make you rise up and go, yes. Because in verse 6, it says here of Isaiah 9, a child has been given to us. Not any child, but the Son of God. And it says this Son from God has been given to us. It says His name is, it says, is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor. It says His rule and the dominion will be on His shoulder. Let's cover that first. That this kingdom, Jesus is the King. And that His rule, His power, His dominion, the whole weight of this kingdom is not upon you and I. The very weight, the very responsibility, the rule, the dominion is upon the shoulders of the King, Jesus. It says His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. I love in, when you check this out in the Hebrew, it literally means that He will be an extraordinary advisor to you. He's not just the king of the kingdom, but he is the extraordinary, stunning, phenomenal advisor to you. He himself says in John 10 that his sheep hear his voice and they follow him. He will lead you through every jungle, every storm. He'll lead you from success to success, from glory to glory, to follow our King Jesus, every one of us individually. He's there for you and I. I pray that you would rely upon your extraordinary advisor, which is called in the King James, the Wonderful Counselor to you. Then it says in verse 6 that He is a powerful, mighty God. We don't serve a king who is weak. When you look across the nations of the earth, there are some nations that are powerful, and there's different kinds of power. There's financial power. There's power through armies, technology. There's different kinds of power and influence. But you need to know that in the kingdom of God, there is a mighty God, a powerful God. And as you go to the end, which I'll cover in a minute, it says that this king is the Lord of the armies of heaven. We've got to quit being so fearful. We've got to quit worrying about, you know, the enemy and what he is behind. We have a mighty God, a mighty God. Then it says that our Father lives forever, this eternal Father. And when we talk about the everlasting Father, it means that our relationship with him isn't God, the mighty CEO. It's not God, the general. It's God, our Father. Isn't it exciting that this kingdom is a kingdom 
And then it's got an army, the hosts of heaven. It's got a family, you and I. And it's for eternity God is going to be your father. Even when you die and go to be with him, there is something about heaven that when you get to the place called heaven, it's going to be your father. That's who God is, the eternal father, everlasting father. Nothing is ever going to change when you've believed on him, chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then it says, he is the prince of peace. Jesus himself said in the book of John that I'm going to give you my peace. Peace is not just an emotion. It affects the emotions in a tremendous way. Peace is is a spiritual force. Joy is not just an emotion. Joy is a spiritual force. It is a powerful force that transcends anything the world can throw at it. Storms from viruses, storms during war times, storms in your finances, storms in business, whatever storms you're walking through, the Prince of Peace can keep you in perfect peace because your mind is stayed on Him. Even when things don't go well, the spiritual force of joy will rise up from your spirit and in the midst of seeming impossible circumstances, you can play with your kids. You can enjoy your grandchildren. You can literally see joy flowing when no one else can see that joy. The Bible teaches us in the book of Thessalonians that the kingdom of God, it's not about meat and drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Did you know that that righteousness, it means this incredible knowing I'm forgiven. This incredible sense of I'm no longer guilty of what I've done. That Jesus has washed it away. That Jesus has come in and today I don't feel condemned. You don't feel condemned. We are new creations. This kingdom that you and I are in that has a king and his name is Jesus. And the government is upon his shoulders. The weight, the, 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 all that goes with having to run a kingdom is upon Jesus. And there's no, we don't want any voting because he knows the future. Future. For you, he knows the attacks coming against you. He prepares you ahead of time, leads you around them. When you read the Old Testament, it's exciting to see the unique and different ways that God can take a leader through. In some cases, he'll take them around a storm. In other cases, he'll take them right through a storm untouched. In other cases, he'll raise them up like mighty men and take out the storm. Oh, when God is God, I'm telling you, you listen to him and something amazing takes place in your individual life. When countries rely upon the Bible, for the very core of their law, for the very core of rights, freedoms, responsibilities, that country, based upon the wisdom of God's word, will last the test of time. It will protect women. It will protect children. It will protect the needy, the hurting, the marginalized. Because God's word has been designed for you and I to build our minds 
to build our bodies, to build our marriage, to build our families, to build our generations, to build great cities, to build great provinces and states, to build great countries. There's something really exciting I want to show you about verse 7 that for some reason the church of Jesus Christ has missed as we have some kind of weird end time doctrines. Listen to what it says here. There will be no end to the gross, the growth, the increase of his dominion, his government, his rule. It is saying here that when Jesus is born and he rises up and dies for you and I, he rises up and he says to his disciples in the last uh, book of Matthew, he says, all authority is given to me. Go forth and share this wonderful gospel. It says from this point and on, there will be no end to the growth, the abundance, the increase of his rule, his dominion, his government, nor to the peace that he will bring. When you are a believer and you begin to understand the principles of the kingdom, who the king is, his name is Jesus, that we need to follow his commands. His commands are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. That his stunning wisdom is to you specifically, to us Generally, his wisdom is to us as provinces or states or countries. We must recognize that King Jesus knows more about kingdoms and nations and wisdom and process. He knows more about strategies. He knows more about keeping the darkness at bay while the kingdom of God rises up. We know we live in a world... And this world, the Bible says, that there is a darkness. There's a kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, but there is also a kingdom of darkness. We need to recognize that. We live in a day where universities have stopped teaching all of history. They just teach the good parts. They, they, they don't remind our emerging leaders from universities and, and educational institutions that if you don't be careful. History can repeat itself with the millions upon millions of people who have been killed. There is evil on this planet and we need to be aware of it. And the church of Jesus Christ stands up to it by sharing the gospel primarily and first of all we must be alive with the life of Jesus we must be an attractive force to the very grassroots of every society and every country and if the church will do its job we won't be always on the defensive instead we will be the head and not the tail above and not beneath as Christ leads us to be the kind of leaders that can truly be servant leaders and not egotistical leaders. The Bible says here that this, this King Jesus, that he will make and establish his kingdom and he'll sustain it. He will rule with goodness. He will rule with justice. The Lord all-powerful because of his strong love for his people. It says that he, this jealous God is going to accomplish it. That he is in charge of heaven's armies of hosts. Man, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 is this tremendous two verses that people have been using for Christmas over and over again. Let me read you just these two verses now from 
the uh, Voice Bible, which is one of our newest translations. And I love it because it takes many of the words that have changed a little in their meaning, and it kind of puts it into a modern vernacular. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says, Hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams. A child is born, sweet breath. A son is given to us, a living gift. And even now, with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. His name? His name we'll know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring such prosperity as you've never seen before. Sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us, to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. He will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity always. The intense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies will carry this to completion. In Luke chapter 2, we have the Christmas story, and it's remarkable to me to see what the angels sang when they appeared to the shepherds. And what they sang was glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. <clears throat> Some people think it says goodwill or peace amongst men. No, there's been as many wars on this planet as there was back then. That's not changed. It's God's good will towards mankind. Jesus died, took the curse of the law, took your sins, rose up again with new life, the Zoe life of God that you and I can have. And we can be a part of a kingdom even while we're walking on this planet. And the resources of that kingdom, the protection of that kingdom, the peace of that kingdom, the joy of that kingdom, the healing of that kingdom, and the, the brilliance of that kingdom will literally flow into your life while you are on here, on this planet, attending and in one of the nations of the earth. It's peace goodwill towards men. The hosts of heaven's armies aren't sitting doing nothing, waiting for some incredible future millennium. The hosts of heaven are here today. Angels are alive. The Bible says that angels are literally unaware. We are unaware of what they are doing in their protection and working with us as individuals, as a nation, etc. You know, in Psalms 107 and verse 8, three times, it says there, Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. God is still doing wonderful works. He is still doing miraculous works in the lives of men and women. He says, only believe. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it done unto you. One of the things I want to challenge you with a few verses, here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I want you to know 
that there is a place for us to continue to use wisdom and all the understanding that we have been given. But in every decision that you make, as you figure through, and as you try to think yourself clear, and as you study the problem, and, and as you try to work out solutions, remember to always lean on those everlasting arms. To always rely upon that inner witness, that voice, that Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. And even though there are times your path and the path that you sense to follow, it doesn't make sense to your mind. It says, go with what you sense in your spirit and do not lean into your own understanding. When you have this kind of a trust in the presence of God to lead you and to always be there, when you begin to recognize heaven's armies are at the king's command, and that is Jesus, that they listen to the word of God, it says in verse 8, it'll be health to your flesh. Someone needs to hear that. Get into God's Word. Deal with the fear. Healing will begin to flow in your cells, your organs, your bones, just like fear sucks it out. It says it'll be strength to your bones. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Did you know they always argue about, does the end justify the means? But in God's word, the means is as crucial as the end result. Live and walk in righteousness. Obey God's word. Because I love this line in Proverbs 12, 3. It says, but the root of the righteous shall cannot be moved. In Proverbs 12, 7, it says, the wicked are overthrown and are no more. But the house of the righteous will stand. Jesus took this teaching, and in, in the book of Luke, he talks about the two houses, one built on the rock of Jesus and one built on the sand. One couldn't be shaken. One was destroyed. The root of the righteous can't be moved. The house of the righteous will always stand. And Proverbs 12, 6 says, the words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. As you listen to Zachary, Pastor Zachary prayed today, and he began to just declare. He wasn't begging when he prayed. He wasn't whining when he prayed. He was declaring that God's word is alive within us. We walk in health. We walk in healing. We walk in blessing. We walk in all that God has for us. A declaration of God's word. Because by the mouth of the upright, you'll be delivered. What is your mouth saying? Are you whining, complaining, speaking the negative, or are you speaking the word? Proverbs 12, 6 says, speak God's word. In Proverbs 12, 13, it says, The wicked is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. I want you to know, I don't care what trouble you may be in. I don't care what is going on in health, in finances, or whatever is happening around this world. You are a part of a kingdom, and the king is Jesus Christ. And every name bows to the name of Jesus. COVID bows to the name of Jesus. Let's make sure that while we are great citizens 
in our nation of Canada that we are even greater citizens of the kingdom of God. While we rely upon the wisdom of our government and the armies of our nation, but we understand the wisdom of the kingdom of God that is available to us, the protection that is there for our families and generations, the wisdom, the peace, the joy, the presence of God. Stop moving from your kingdom position to a position of only being an an earthling, if you put it that way. And let's make sure we draw from the very life of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray today that you'll touch every person listening to my voice. I pray that whatever nation of the world they are in, whatever circumstances are going on, that we would not place our faith in man. We would not lean unto our own understanding or the understanding of mankind. But we would always lean unto you, and you would lead us in the paths that we should take. Father, I declare right now that Canada serves Jesus, that wisdom follows our leaders, that, Father, you raise up righteous men and women in every place of influence in this nation of Canada. And I pray that you guide them with people around them. I pray that wherever there are evil people that are trying to influence our government officials, trying to influence things in any area from health to finance, that, Father, remove them. And Father, we pray that leadership will rise up that knows the wisdom of your word and truly looks after the people that they serve. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I want to lead you in a powerful prayer. It is a prayer that only you can pray because God made you in his likeness and in his image, which means you are a sovereign being, that it is up to you to make decisions for your life. You will yield to the, to the King of Kings, or by default you will yield to the darkness that is here in the other kingdom. There is no demilitarized zone. There is no no man's land. We are born into this world lost. And only Jesus is the answer for the world today. And if you'd like to become a citizen of this wonderful kingdom, if you'd like to know this Jesus, who died for you and paid the price to qualify you to be in the family of God, then pray this powerful prayer. Just say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died in my place, paid for all my sin, qualified me to be in your family. So Jesus, come into my heart. I choose you as my Lord and Savior. From today and on, I'm following you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's how awesome, that's how wonderful that is.